everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stovall, and I sincerely thank you for clicking on this episode to give it a listen. Today, our point leader, Bobby Harrington, interviews co-founder of Seeds Family Worship, Jason Hauser. This is an excellent conversation between these two men about how to be families filled with the hope of Jesus during this crazy time that we find ourselves living in right now. Before we jump in, I got to remind you that we do have that promo going on for our National Disciple Making Forum, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks, November 4th and 5th. You can go to discipleship.org to purchase tickets. And when you do, enter the promo code podcast all lowercase to receive 50% off your purchase price. All right, let's jump in and listen to what Bobby and Jason have for us today. Hi, everybody. I'm Bobby Harrington, and I have the privilege today to talk to my friend Jason Hauser about practical steps, practical tools, practical things you can do for what I think is the most important ministry of all, and that's discipling our children. And uh, God told us about that in Deuteronomy chapter 6 through Moses, where we have the Great Commission before the Great Commission, where uh, Moses said that... uh, we're to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Uh, and then he went on and said, impress these commandments upon your children. Talk about them when you walk it along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Bind them as symbols on your hands, on your foreheads, and on the door frames of your houses. And so what a great thing to disciple our children. So Jason, welcome. Uh, talk a little bit about... Uh, Seeds Family Worship, and uh, what you guys do and what your ministry is about. Okay, awesome. Yeah, Bobby, I love how you open this whole thing with Deuteronomy 6. What a great place to start. Isn't that? Intentional with families and what God's called all of us to do. So we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit more. But yeah, I'm Jason Hauser. Uh, I, get, I have the privilege of leading a ministry with my brother, Josh, called Seeds Family Worship. Actually, the ministry 20 years ago, if you can believe that or not, Bobby, came out of Harpeth Christian Church, where Bobby's been the lead pastor for many years, serving at a vacation Bible school. I was a singer-songwriter, and I was working with a a college kid named Matthew West, many of you have heard of, but he was just getting his start back then. And so we were asked to write some scripture songs for our vacation Bible school, and we wrote those songs, and that was the beginning of the Seeds Family Worship Ministry. And this past week, we just released our 17th album, Bobby. I don't even know if, if you know that. Wow. But the title is Hope. And all of our songs are word for word scripture. And our mission with Seeds is we want to get God's word into as many hearts and homes as possible around the world. And and to, to be honest, uh, it really is what, what God has done. Uh, and I've been on this journey because I I had never intended to do this. And even as, as God turned my life toward this, this ministry, but to see what God has done through these years. And now we're ministering to a whole new generation. And, wow. And the new album that we uh, have just put out is called Hope. And we were praying as a team at the beginning of this year. And we were working on an album called Life. So all of our albums have themes. And so the theme that I've been writing for was life. And as we prayed and everything happening with the pandemic and around the world, we just felt like, God, I mean, literally, I just had a vision in my mind as we prayed. I just saw the word hope and I shared that with our team. I said, you know, this is what I'm, you know, feel like the Lord's impressing on me. And everybody just 
rallied around that idea over the next couple of days and things had turned. And so we started writing these scriptures about the hope we have in, in Jesus. And, and uh, so we're so excited for this album to, that it's out now. And like I say, it's just coming out. You can find it. But we're just uh, so excited to get to share the message of hope through scripture and for families to to be singing and be encouraged. Bobby, like you and I were talking about earlier, just people yeah. we believe right now, people need to be encouraged in the spirit. And so yes. we feel like these scriptures are really going to encourage families and, and just anchor them to the living hope that we have, not to the things going on around us, but to the hope that we can always depend on regardless of our circumstances. So oh, that's so good. Well, Jason, um, let's talk about, uh, first of all, I love the theme hope. And I, I do think uh, right now the hope that's in Jesus uh, needs to be really strong with all of us and yeah. his promises, because I, I, you know, I think a lot of people have been waiting for things to get better in our culture. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but I just, I just. Bobby Downer. Don't be Bobby Downer. I'll be, I'm not trying to be Bobby Downer. But <laughs> I think that hope is really important because I think in some ways it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Just, you know, in terms of the things of Jesus. So we've got to have hope that transcends the circumstances. Yeah. And uh, I think we can have that and walk in that. I sure try to do that every day. And uh, it sounds like your new album's all about that. Yeah. And when, and Bobby, that's the, the, good thing that we have to hold on to is whether it gets better or not, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Our hope is secure, you know? Yes. One of the verses that we wrote a scripture, scripture song to is Romans 15, 13. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy spirit, you may abound in hope. Ooh. Right. So we like God fills us with joy and peace, regardless of what's going on around us, you know, through the power of the Holy spirit. That's in us, right? I mean, so that, that like, there's no circumstance involved with that. That's just we have this hope that we pray God fill us with, fill every family with hope. And yes. So anyway, so hopefully that's an encouragement to everybody that's listening here. Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Well, Jason, talk to us a little bit. Uh, I we're going to get to how songs can really uh, help parents as they're discipling their kids. But uh, um, your ministry is much more than just songs. It involves mentoring, teaching, and training. <clears throat> so let's start off with some basics uh, that you teach that were really important. Where does it all begin? Like if you're if you were talking to uh, a young uh, father and mother right mm-hmm. now, and you were to say, "Okay, here's where you begin. Where is here's where you begin." I mean, you know, I look back now at parenting our kids and, well, let me, let me start. I'd like to just connect one dot to Bobby with, with people. Sure. Um, but while I was uh, leading the worship for the Seeds Family Worship Ministry years ago, and I was doing some more teaching, like you were saying, Bobby, like helping equip families, I felt the need to write a book about the principles that you taught in, you know, Harpeth Christian Church when our kids were young. And so I came to you and then we collaborated with your son, Chad, and we wrote a book called Dedicated. Yes. And so it holds these principles. And so just a couple of the things, though, that I want to highlight that I feel like looking back now, our, our youngest um, is a senior right now. So we have two wow. young adults and our daughter's a senior. So we're about to be empty nesters. So I can look back at the journey and people have asked me, you know, 
as they're getting started, what we would, we would advise them to do. And I said, you know, we've, we messed up so many things. We made so many mistakes, but the one thing that we, we did that um, I believe was the greatest thing that we did was we prayed. Yes. We always prayed for our kids when our, yes. so if you have a child that's in the crib, I encourage you like we did to go in to lay your hand on that child and say a prayer over them. And then as they get to be in their own little bed and as, as they're, you know, um, at a, just in that next stage of life, elementary age, that you sit down and read them Bible stories, pray with them as before they go to bed. Then as, as they get to be teens, gather, circle up, you know, around the kitchen table at breakfast or before they walk out the door, just put your hand on their shoulder and say a prayer over them. And when you're in what I call the gnarly moments, yes, have been through some serious gnarly moments as a family, whether it's health, whether it's, you know, rebellion, whether it's just challenges, we prayed and we saw God do what only he can do. And even sometimes in desperation, like God, we don't know what to do, yes. but we know that you care about our family. We know you're with us and we prayed and we saw God bring breakthroughs. So that would be the first and foremost thing to say. And, and, and I, I say that in no uh, light way. I, you know, it's not, it's really just praying for your kids and the yeah. power of well, prayer. I just appreciate you starting there because um, it's what God teaches us to do. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if we think we're some experts, that we know what to do and all that. Um, now, I'm, I'm not saying that we don't know anything. I do think that scripture does teach us some things and then people have had experiences and you can see track records with families. Uh, actually, I've seen uh, multi-generational track records, but still the wisdom yeah. of man is still limited, whereas the power of God is unlimited. And uh, I just, uh, I really appreciate you doing that. I've, I often think about it. If you're in a family where you are praying for your child, let's say you're a single mom or a single dad, yeah, <clears throat> you know, and you pray every day, by the time your child is 18, that's over 5,000 prayers. Well, yeah. if it's mama and dad, it's over 10,000 prayers. Yeah, And if you can get friends and grandparents to join with you, uh, you know, it's like in, in some ways it's just so gratifying to know that so many people have petitioned God because God does hear and answer prayer. Yeah. And the Bible tells us, you know, the prayer of the righteous, you know, um, availeth much or is powerful and effective. Right? Yes. So, and we're not righteous on our own. We're righteous because of Christ. So we yes. can say we are righteous because of what Jesus has done. We're right with God. And so our prayers, um, our prayers move the hand of God, you know, and we've seen that. So, so the second thing, Bobby, I would say is I would say prayer and then um, knowing what is most important, like what's the goal of your parenting. And I, that sounds so simple, but I think people get lost and make a lot of decisions that don't line up with the, what's most important of their priorities. And the most important thing for us to do as Christian parents is to help our kids have a relationship with Jesus. Yes. And we can't choose that for them but we can make decisions to guide them and to train them and to follow him. And so I think knowing what that goal is, and I'll, and I'll give you an example that might be a little bit controversial at times. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and push this button here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason Hauser. The oh country. yeah, we're going to step in here. We don't want to, come on, you know, but, um, but for us, you know, we, we decided we didn't want to send our kids straight into college after high school. 
that we wanted our kids their first step out of school because of some friends around us that had been so positively impacted by youth with a mission that we yes. send, we send our kids to youth with a mission and it's a three month intensive Bible college and just teaching them about life and about the Lord and about the Bible, but outside of the home and with other young people their age. And then two months, they typically go overseas and they have some kind of an outreach and they share Jesus and they learn about culture. And, and so we felt like to seek first the kingdom of God for us, that was a step for our kids. And we've seen a lot of fruit from that. So, hey, Jason, let me, uh, you described three months of training, two months of ministry. So it was just a five-month thing that they did? Yes. Uh-huh. And then, and then students, you know, some students will continue on. They have additional ministry tracks for worship or if you're heading on a pastoral path. or But a lot of families, it's, it can be a great gap year if your child is, you know, moving toward college. Um, and it really, just for us to, we, we felt like many colleges and not all, but I just, this is knowing what our goal of parenting is. That's why I'm tying this in. We know that the most important thing to us is that our kids follow Jesus. And so for their first step out of our home, we wanted them to be under a covering. And, and we feel like many colleges and colleges near us that we researched, you know, really push hard against our kids' faith and a really yeah. anti-Christian. And we felt like for us, that was the, the right step. And so, but it really goes back to not, not that I'm not saying you shouldn't send your child to college. What I'm saying is, and here's the important point, you should consider what is this decision? How's this decision going to impact? What is most important to you? Is this going to help your child move closer to the Lord? Boy, that's, I'm and, so glad that you are bringing that up. And yeah. like you're saying, you're not saying everybody has to do what you do. No, not at saying, all. But you're saying as an example, here yeah. are some choices that that you made, you know, Cindy and I, we made uh, similar choices in a different venue, but, uh, you know, it, it all goes back to what you're saying is the goal. Like a lot of people make the mistake of thinking the goal is to get their kids saved. Right. And that like, like you're not going to find that in the, that, that is like the most important decision in a, in a broad scope of things, but it's very minimalistic if that's all you do, because God's goal is that they would be disciples, yes. not that they would just get saved, that they would be true disciples. And uh, that shapes everything. Um, I, I, Jason, uh, you and I have talked about this story before, but um, I was actually uh, driving somewhere the other day and it hit me that uh, the story that you and I cherish from uh, Joe White, from his book, Faith Training, mm-hmm. I was actually at a phase in my life where I thought, oh, I realized, oh, this is true of my children. So here's the story. Um, Gene Stallings uh, at the time was the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, this is before the days of Nick Saban. <laughs> and uh, when he was with uh, Alabama Crimson Tide and they won the national championship, um, Joe White called Gene Stallings and he said, I want to congratulate you on being, being a success. And Gene Stallings says, don't call me a success because my team won the national championship. And he said, oh, I remembered. I remembered the day when he got out a piece of paper and uh, he wrote something like 29, 32, 33. 
And he said, when my kids are 29, 32, and 33, and they're faithful disciples of Jesus, raising other faithful disciples of Jesus, then I feel like that's real success. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, that that's a great vision. So I was driving the other day and I realized, you know, um, my daughter just turned 38. In fact, her, her my daughter's uh, son was my grandson. I was here at my house this morning and we we're having a bit of a power control. And I told him that I, I told him I'm in charge of you. And he goes, no, you're not. God is. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I thought I was so grateful to God uh, for that because uh, for both my son, who's a, a dedicated disciple along with his wife and my daughter and her husband, I'm just really grateful to God because that's the thing that I hoped for and prayed for and worked for the most. Yeah. And, you well, know, Bobby, I know for you, you know, like Gene Stallings and I've watched you being a part of your church and when your kids were in the teen years, but in, in your teaching, you know, being part of your fellowship, it's always been a priority for you and Cindy. It's always been your priority for your kids. And, and so for us to get to even collaborate with Chad on this book about, you know, discipleship and parenting and the struggles and to get to really hear from you guys. It's, it wasn't a straight road. I mean, you no. guys through some difficult periods and seasons of doubt and wrestled. And I was encouraged even walking through that season with you because then I walked through some of that with, with my kids. And just so you all, all know whoever's listening to this, you know, whether you're a teacher or wherever you are in the church and in your journey, like we all have these struggles and our kids have to own this for themselves and, it's okay for us to allow them to struggle and wrestle through this. So don't be discouraged when your kids doubt or Bobby, as you said, you know, as they push against going to church, as they do these things, but just be diligent, be faithful, be prayerful, and just continue to trust God in the process. Cause we all struggle, but there, yeah. there is a greater story. And one of the things that I say is that we, we all have a story. We're, we're in a bigger story. God is telling one huge story as we yes. in the Bible and the grand narrative. And then we're a story within that story. Our family and our kids are, have their own story, right? So we yeah. have our testimony and our story about how we encountered Christ and the struggles typically. And yeah. our kids are going to have, I think we often don't want our kids to struggle to come to faith. Yeah. Yeah. But that's typically how it works, right? Yeah. Bob? And and we struggle, right? Like as a yeah. parent. I just told you about Ashley and Chad. What I didn't tell you about are all the heartaches, all the things I wish I could go back and do differently. Or, um, you know, like Chad and I, uh, I, I was a little uncomfortable. He's uh, publishing a book with Jim Putman called The Revolutionary Disciple. Mm-hmm. And in it, he tells the story how he and I went through a five year, about a five-year period where it was not good between us. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, so yeah, we, the key thing I wanted to emphasize is actually point number one. It depends a whole lot more on God working uh, than like us having this all perfectly figured out, but we, we still have our role. We have Deuteronomy six responsibility. And if we love our kids, it's not a responsibility uh, as much as it is uh, just, we love them. And, and the thing we look forward to is when Jesus comes back, yeah. And uh, he says, well done, good and faithful servants. And we're there with, you know, the, the highest dream and aspiration is that we would be there with our families and loved ones and, and people also that we never knew 
because God wants us to disciple all the nations. Yeah. And goal, the goal is meeting Jesus as faithful disciples. And yeah. so ultimately we want to do our part, but we realize it's up to him. And it's also up to them. A lot of people listening to this, you know, both Jason and I believe our children have free will. Yes. And so uh, we try to play chess with them and we we're trusting God's playing chess with them as well. Uh, that God will always do right by them, but they have a free will. Yeah. And we can do quote unquote, everything right, which of course we wouldn't, but if, even if we could, they still get to make that choice. That's and right. So we, and again, that's their story and, and that everybody's story is different in how they finally come to faith. So, yeah. so Bobby, you had mentioned, you know, with this, this podcast, the practical ideas. So I wanted yes. to just point a couple really practical things for families, action steps, and a word that we use a lot in Seeds Family Worship and Family Ministry is just being intentional. But that's the thing, I think, for families to have what we call it at Seeds Family Worship, a spiritual family time. Yes. An intentional time. And for us, it's not everyday devotion. Sometimes people think, oh, because we're in ministry, like we get up and have breakfast and do these long devotions every day with our kids or something. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you know, it's not... For us, it's not like that at all. Not that that is, would be a, a bad thing, but for us, it's really one time a week is our goal. On Sunday nights, we share a meal together and we just have an intentional family time. And over the years, when our kids were younger, that could be reading like the storybook Bible is awesome, beginner's Bible and before bed. But then <clears throat> it can be as they get older, you know, we've watched right now media short clips and then we talk about them as a family. Sometimes Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, like an eight minute video and then you just talk about it. A lot of times parents don't feel like they're equipped, uh, know the Bible well enough. It's like there's so many incredible resources out there to make it so easy for you. And, and even if parents are learning alongside their kids, which they should be right, you're doing it together. It's this togetherness seeking God and your, your leadership, I think, as a parent is stepping into it. It's not knowing everything. It's not knowing God's word like Bobby does. (laughs) It's really, it's your willingness to trust God, to take the step of faith, to watch a video and discuss it with your family. And that can be a great, like, rather than sitting down and reading the Bible and they're thinking, you know, we've got to get through this, sit down and watch a eight minute video on right now media could be much more engaging. Yeah. Like when our kids were in sports playing football and Tim Tebow had a, video series. I just, that's one of the ones I remember, right? Cause they're connecting with him in the NFL. They're playing sports. We watch a right now media video with him sharing about his journey and his faith. And then we talk about that as a family, the kids are engaged with that. That's good. And so, so yeah, so that spiritual family time. And then we sometimes like now what we've been doing a lot with our kids being young adults and, and finishing school is just, we pray. We'll just say, Hey, what's going on in our lives. And we, and, and again, it's not a super spiritual prayer time. We just take turns and share what's going on. How can we pray for you? And then we just pray for each other. You know, it, and so I think sometimes people overcomplicate, over-spiritualize. It's really just being an intentional family time around God. You know, yes. I like to differentiate. It's not watching a movie together or going on a hike, which those are great relational things. And that's, those are important as well. But it's relationship time, but it's centered around God. You know, so if you could get into a rhythm and once a week is a great rhythm for a lot of families. And like my, my brother always tells people, hey, if you're not spending time with God every day, spend five minutes a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that five minutes can turn into 10 and 15, but don't 
just just say, hey, I'm going to spend five minutes a day with the Lord. And so that's yeah. what I say as well. For your family, just one night a week, just say, and it's 15 minutes to, to sit down. By the time you pray, just talk, share something, you know, that God's teaching you a video. There's so many resources and you can go to seedsfamilyworship.com and find a lot of resources, uh, books and different devotions and along with our music, you know, because that's what we do. We help people create these family times. I want to take a quick break and tell you about something cool happening over at discipleship.org. It's our discipleship.org collective. It's an online community for disciples and disciple makers. And if you fit in either one of those categories, then the collective is designed just for you. The website itself is super cool because it's basically like stepping into a virtual church building with a welcome center, an auditorium for our main events, and even classrooms. Right now, you can get free access to this collective with all of its webinars, seminars, ebooks, and even disciple-making assessments for you personally or for your whole church. And this is a community, so you can also have the opportunity to connect with other disciple-makers. And while membership is free, there's also a premium access option, which includes courses, certifications, and online gatherings with other leaders from around the world. So head on over to discipleship.org slash collective and sign up for your free membership today. So Jason, you've been saying uh, pray, uh, make sure you uh, keep the goal in mind. Yep. Faithful disciples. And then it's intentionality around discipling the kids by using uh, effective tools and doing that consciously and consistently, of course, intentionally. Yeah. Um, will you talk to us a little bit about, and I may be getting ahead of you here, so stop me if I am, but how families use your music to help disciple their children? Yeah. So let me add one more point and then I'll circle into that because I okay. kind of to this other piece because I want to point out something I have here that people know what this is. Oh. And so, uh, for those who are listening to the podcast, oh yeah, he's showing us he's showing us his phone. Yes, and so so these things right here can be really good tools, but these things are also getting in the way of a lot of relationships. And so the the word I want to with intentionality that I want to add, Bobby, is engage. Okay, and so I think there needs to be a time for families when we all decide, the parents included, because a lot of times we point fingers at the teenagers, but the parents are just as bad or worse than the kids. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm doing for, for those of you that are watching it, I'm putting my phone to the side. And so I encourage you in your home, your phone, your computer, other distractions to put other things aside and engage with your kids. Yes. And when you're driving in your car, instead of maybe always having the radio on or other things engage with your kids and Deuteronomy six that Bobby mentioned earlier I think that we, there are things, and the phone is one thing, but it's media, it's, it's just so many distractions. But I think it's so important for, for modern parents to say, I'm going to engage with my child. And so what does that look like? It looks like just putting things aside, if it's work, if it's um, even when you're coming home, to have a mindset to say, how was your day to your son or daughter? How are you doing? What's going on in your life? Just really reach out to them 
and, and engage with them relationally. Because such a big part of this whole discipleship journey <clears throat> that, that I've learned and that Bobby and I talk about so much is it really is, it happens in relationship. Yeah. It's, it's so important to create this relationship with your children and it is difficult and you have to pursue them. And even as parents, sometimes this may sound strange, but as teenagers, like we can feel rejected by our kids. And yeah. I've been through a season with my teenage daughter a couple of years ago. I was, I want to do daddy daughter days. I thought that'd be cool and thing. And she just wouldn't respond. And I was just, she didn't want to do those things. Where could we go? And, and, and so I was like, okay, I need to take a different approach, you know, but finally I just told her straight up and her name's Abby. I said, Abby, it's really important for you and I to spend time together. And I know you don't want to go have dinner and these things I'm bringing up, but we're going to spend time. So you tell me how you want us to spend time together and we'll do that. But otherwise you're going to just come do things that I like, like hiking. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. She's like, well, I like to go skiing, dad. Okay. So that was the thing she gave me, but that was enough. Yes. He passes and I, and skiing is, you know, it's an investment. Okay, to go skiing, it's a financial, it's expensive. Okay. <laughs> but my says a man who lives in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. But my relationship with my daughter, and I enjoy skiing as well, but I'm I'm really pursuing her heart. Yes. And so we, we got to go on a couple of ski trips, just the two of us, and you ride on the lift and we talk about things and we're having fun together and we're sharing a meal and we're and it was just incredible relational time. This is so but good. Those t- those times paved the way. Yes. Speak into their lives spiritually. And, and they also using our seeds of metaphor, but you're planting the seeds of relationship to the now with our kids are adults. Like we have close, rich relationships with our kids because of our intentionality and engagement over the years. Like we're enjoying so much getting to be a part of our adult kids lives this, this past week, our middle son, Brandon got engaged and yes. he invited us to come to a, a party after the engagement. And, and this one, one quick story, cause I wanted to share this, Bobby, one more, just quick story, but he, yes, he was ready to go ask. So we invited us to come up. We were with him before he was going to go surprise her. We're at his uh, house and he was just so excited. He was literally bouncing off the walls. He was jumping up and down. He was just on this nervous energy. And he's like, okay, I'm getting ready to go, dad. I'm going to go ask her. Okay, are you going to pray for me or not? You know, but, <laughs> but I love the fact, like he engaged. That's been a part of our family culture. So I, I mean, I really, I was wondering if I should pray for him or whatever. He was just so all over the place, but he wanted to pray. I just love the fact he's like, "Are you going to pray for me or not?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we're going to pray." So we got to, <laughs> we got invited into that moment to pray for him. We invited God into that moment, and then it was an incredible night. And and uh, he's now engaged to a a girl that loves the Lord, and they're. Just we're super excited, but oh, my Jane, point is, that is such a, a yeah. The, story. Seeing, Thank God. Seeing, yeah, praise God. But seeing the, doing some of the hard things because we have struggled, but just to be intentional to engage, there is a harvest that comes. The Bible tells us, you know, that yes. when you do, and this is in our book, when you do that hard discipline at times. It's painful, but in the end, it leads to a, a harvest of righteousness and peace. And yes, and there's just the relationship. So again, I just want to encourage families as you're going through these struggled times, like Bobby and I both shared and what you shared with Chad, like we've struggled hard. Yes. But it's all been worth it. We have, yes. About a week, but we can both say we have no regrets. No right? regrets. The only regret is we wish we could have done more, been more intentional, 
more focused on what mattered most and many things like our jobs and even ministries yes. that are secondary to our parenting. Yes. Even as a pastor of a church, your most important ministry is to your wife and to your kids. That's right. I would say the most important ministry is the four walls of your own home. And so, and so it's okay to say no, even to the good things, to the great. And the great is that God's called us to help our kids be in relationship. And it's all these things we're talking about. It's just, so that's why I was saying intentionality, engagement, engage with your kids, build that yeah. relationship. And the whole idea that it's intentional, relational. Yeah. Disciple yeah. making. And you, de- you did such a good job with the story of Abby of articulating it. Yeah. And, and, and you just say over and over and over again, the relationship is everything. The relationship is everything because the relationship is the bridge upon which you walk for the things of God with them. Yes. And so, and that's how Jesus did his discipleship. You know, he was sure did. so relational and spending time and listening and engaging his followers and engaging. He met people where they were. And yes. so that's what we want to do with our kids and in relationship. Jesus bottled it perfectly for us. So, so good, Jason. So Bobby, I can turn out to the music question. I didn't, I didn't want to leave that behind, but I wanted to, to drop that one other thought. Yeah, no, that's so good, Jason. Engage. All right. Talk to us about uh, the role of music, which I really appreciate because music is such a big part of our lives. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, we, we know the lyrics to thousands of songs, we, I read the statistic and I can't give it to you exactly, but you know, every person knows the lyrics to thousands of songs without even trying, yes. right? Some of the lyrics you're glad, you know, some you wish you didn't know, but they're there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so when the seeds ministry began, just seeing the power of the kids at the original vacation Bible school, singing word for word scripture and getting God's word in their heart. It really impressed me like in the barn standing at that vacation Bible school on our property before we even had our church building, right? Yeah. The church plant meeting in the school. And we're here we are in this barn, but, but here's, you know, a hundred kids that are singing that know five scriptures that we sang that week and they just know them all. And they're singing them and the teachers are singing them. And it really impacted me. And that was just how the, God put this idea in me, but to, to have these um, songs just playing in your home, play in your car, like Deuteronomy 6 says, you know, when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, you know, but just having music playing, that's God's word. And, and then you can unpack the scriptures. You can say, Hey, what does this mean? You know, um, as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them is one of our new songs. And so mm-hmm. I tell kids, I said, you know, you've heard your parents say, treat others how you want to be treated. Well, that's really from Jesus. Jesus was the one that said that. He said, as we want other people to love, show us love and kindness and respect, that's how we want to do that to them. Yes. So you can take this scripture song and then just a short teaching, but you're teaching kids these truths. And so, yes. um, so using seeds could be as easy as we just tell people, listen to it in your car. We were on all the streaming services with your phone. You could Bluetooth. Um, Amazon, Apple, Spotify. And then we also have videos. You can have a, a family worship time, especially for elementary age kids. We have hand motions with most of our songs. And so it's really fun for the kids. We get pictures and videos sent to us every week of kids just doing worship in their homes, either with their family or just the kids by themselves. They're just listening. And my my niece, Kylie Lynch, uh, does the hand motions and she has an incredible smile and she teaches kids but they're moving their bodies, which is another way, kinesthetic learning, that they're moving their bodies 
and they're singing and they're getting God's word in their heart. And, and that's what um, will just impact them for their whole lives. And now I'm meeting like people of the next generation, like we grew up on seeds and now our kids are listening to seeds. No, that's so cool. And they're, they're sharing seeds with their kids, you know, because it impacted their lives. And, and I was actually in, uh, I'm trying, I want to make sure I, I give the right city here. I was in San Antonio, uh, Texas, and this coach came up to me, this big coach, football coach. He came and just gives me this giant hug. And he's like, I love you, man. Seeds Family Worship has been such a big part of my life. And I listen to it with my kids and we all love it. But I listen to it all the time. There was years I just didn't listen to anything but Seeds Family Worship because I wanted God's word. And he was so encouraging. And he's oh, like, wow. This was like, you're having such an impact. God's using you because God's word is just getting into people's hearts. And I'm so thankful for you. And I was just sitting there <laughs> with my eyes wide open, but I was so encouraged. You were going, you were going touchdown. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. I, I was like, I was like, I was like, thank you so much, you know, but uh, we don't realize, right. We just, we're creating this resource, but really it does make it easy. I guess that's my point is it makes it so easy to learn God's word and it makes it so easy to pass down to our kids and just to talk about it. Yes. Just to say, hey, what is this scripture? We're singing this song, but hey, what do these lyrics mean? These lyrics from the Bible. Yes. That's a great family devotion time. That's a great moment, what we call teachable moments. Yes. It could be in the car or in the middle of a disappointment or a child is fearful and the Bible says, do not fear for I am with you. You know, so speak over their fear with the scripture. Like, you know, that song that we sing, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. Like God's with you tonight. Yeah. Okay, then you can calm your child and help them sleep and and point them to scripture and then that you know and that they know from the song. Yeah, that's yeah. so good, Jason. And so so that's what we um we just love to to get to be a part of that. You know, we get to serve the church by just creating these songs that people can get God's word in their hearts and 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 it, of course we know God's word doesn't return void. It impacts those that it encounters, you know. And so um God's word will work in your kids' lives if you just help them just connect that dot. And so if seed, there's many great resources out there and other great scripture song uh, people, but with seeds or others, you know, but getting, and even all worship music, honestly, like Bible-centered worship music too, having that in your home, but it does create an environment in your home. So I do encourage um, families to be intentional with music. Have, you know, seeds playing in your home, have God's word have worship music playing in your home to impact the environment of your home, you know, and, and we do that. And it's um, a really cool thing. I'll, I'll, I'll put one thing in here, Bobby. We're, we're actually doing till the end of this month, we're, we're calling it the 30 day challenge with seeds. Yeah. I just thought of this, but it's great to throw in right here. And so you can sign up at our website. We're going to have a prize at the, at the, at the end of the month, but it's really listen to one seeds family worship song a day for 30 days. And just family, just like one seed song. So like every day, you're just going to get a little nugget of God's word in your home. In Ooh, your I like home. it. And so, so, hey, we'd love for everybody listen to this. Join the Seeds Family 30, Seeds Family Worship 30-Day Challenge. Just come jump on board with us. Oh, that's great. Well, Jason, I have one last question for you. Okay. Um, if you were to give one piece of advice to church leaders to help uh, the people in their churches uh, disciple their families. What would that advice be? Mm. Okay. So 
I like to keep it real, Bobby. You know me. You know what I mean? I like to keep it real. Yes. <laughs> I, I think it is really hard right now as a church leader to help families. And I think it's even with the pandemic and, but just in, in general, you know, the, the attendance of families, the regularity or that maybe the average family is like a couple times, even Christian families, you know, a couple times a month and just have some consistency. And then, and then all the things that are happening in homes, you know, and obviously divorce and different things, but kids are going through a lot and families are going through a lot. And so, and families are really over busy, you know? And so, um, so I'm just saying all that to say, this is, this is an area that I struggle serving in my church and children's ministry. I, yeah. I feel like this is an area, you know, I'd, I'd probably like to hear some other people answer this question. Because <laughs> this is an area that I think that I struggle, you know. Um, but I think, I think the thing that I, I would say is um, the things that you can do to help families, again, just it's one family at a time. You know, that when you get an opportunity to engage with the families and whatever that looks like, we, we've been a part of bigger events that churches do that have us come in and lead worship and teach. And, and, and I think those are great things, just whatever the engagement is, but it, it's really more one-on-one is, is helping the family um, to just be seeking God and to, to be intentional about discipling their kids, you know, just one family at a time. I, I feel like that's probably the bigger story rather than like, I don't have any formula and like say, this is a struggle, but when I have opportunities to come alongside families and encourage them in discipleship, helping them take a next step with their family. I mean, I think it's more relational, I think with families in the church. I think that's yeah. where you're going to have the greatest impact. Is In other is words, you've got to have a relationship to disciple the families on how to disciple their kids. Yeah. And it's just like the, it's the Jones family, right? And the Smith family. And the I well, one of my phrases, these little families, right? Because yeah. this is little family right now. And, and those of us that are older, you know, you see those with younger kids. But it's like, hey, I just want to encourage you in what you're doing, you know, to help them. Or how, how can I help you have a family time with your kids? You know, are you praying with your kids? Just asking them, encourage them to take the next step. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then, I mean, the other thing I think is it, it's really hard to get people to come to parenting classes. You know, I'll go lead events. We'll have a huge event for worship, and then we'll have a parenting class the next day and a very small turnout. <laughs> but everybody that comes, it's such a victory. But I mean, the, the other thing I would just, I would encourage leaders to do is just keep teaching you know, like this parenting, they provide parenting classes, provide like we've. Um, there are churches going to be doing, I'm not leading it, but the art of parenting from family life. And I'm so glad our church is leading that, but just equipping families and every family just really needs to get some coaching. You know what I mean? So to provide that, even though you may not have a giant turnout, because families are just like to say they're over busy and sports and other things steal away from the bigger priorities, but don't for church leaders, don't be discouraged if you only have 20 people that come to a parenting class for a big church, those 20 people, it, it will change their parenting. To yeah. Focus, focus on the, on the people God's given you and do, yeah. you know, really help them. Cause it'll make a difference. You know, at the end of the day, it's uh, spreading the hope of Jesus. One person at a time, one family at a time. Yeah. Rather than massive 
scaling of everything. Yeah. And so to do some equipping and, and with things, you know, opening up and we don't know fully how things are going to happen with some of the COVID things, you know, but as, as you've been able to gather and we, you know, it's like, okay, we can start doing some of these things because for a while we just were able to get together and do some equipping. But I guess my big word, Bobby would be equip, just keep equipping families with the tools, you know, with the, the parents and, and that can be parenting classes, encouragement books, cinema videos, however, a lot of ways to do it, but just, Parents do need the, the equipping and the encouragement. That's good, Jason. No. Well, as we close, I just want to give a, a call out to, to, to uh, Jason for coming to the National Disciple Making Forum in Nashville, November 4th and 5th. You know, uh, with a lot of our webinars and things like that, we're promoting these things. And um, it's actually our national gathering that helps us to be able to provide resources like this. And uh, so grateful for your time, Jason, grateful for Seeds Ministry and its partnership with discipleship.org. And uh, I just pray that God uh, grants you success, that, uh, you know, that he makes his face shine upon you and lifts his countenance upon you uh, with what you're doing. I'm so grateful for you and so proud of you for the influence you're having in so many families. Thank Thanks you. for well, being with us. Yeah. And hey, I'd love to, Bobby, can I close this in prayer? I just want to pray for those that are here with us. Can I just yes. close this in prayer? And I want to say to you and just everybody, yeah, but Bobby's been a spiritual father in my life and poured so much into me. So I appreciate, you know, our journey of life, how God's used you. And even when we started coming to Harpeth Christian Church, it was a very difficult season in our marriage and family. And God used you and some of the elders of the church and people just to see our life turn around and put us on this path. And so I'm so thankful to you and Cindy great, and great David and Sanders and people that have poured into our family and encouraging those that in church leadership, you know, God built a family ministry on a broken family because of who Jesus is. That's right. And, and uh, it's amazing when, when you open up your hands and surrender what's possible and, and, uh, and I'm still a mess, but God's still working and I'm just stoked to get to do this. And so, <laughs> all right, well, let's pray. I'd love to pray for everybody with us. Good. So, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for just this encouraging time. I've been encouraged, Lord, and I, I believe that just those that have engaged have been encouraged with us. I pray for every leader that's listening, God, that you will give them encouragement in their leadership for what you've called them to do, Lord, and perseverance um, and character, God, that you're building in them and the bigger story. And pray for every family represented here that the moms and the dads and the grandparents will know what's most important as we have all these distractions in our culture that they can just laser through and see that helping the next generation to know you, there's nothing more important than that. And so we just pray for your work in every single home represented here. And Lord, thank you for Bobby and for just the work you're doing through him and discipleship.org and the forum. And Lord, just pray um, you will bless it. And God, use all of us as your instruments and just thank you for this time together. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that it encouraged you and gave you some tools to use as you are discipling and leading your family. If you liked what you heard today, Jason Hauser is going to be at our National Disciple Making Forum that's coming up November 4th and 5th. 
If you want to hear more from him, go to discipleship.org to purchase your tickets and use the promo code podcast, all lowercase, to receive 50% off your purchase price. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great day. Have a great day.